Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Wow, this is going to be a great series. I'm so excited about starting it today. You have your Bible with you? If you have your Bible with you, let's say this together. Uh, This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess. Never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you today for just your presence. We thank you for our wonderful team that led us into your presence. We thank you for every volunteer that were serving you somewhere on this campus today and those that are serving you online today with our online church. And God, we're just, uh, we're just humbled that you would allow us to live in a country in which we could have the freedom of choice this morning to worship you. And I pray as we look at this series, Lord, you taught in parables and you, you would teach a parable, then you would draw out a truth from that. Well, We don't have parables right now, but we have parables on the movie screen that we're going to look at some of the uh, all-time best Christmas movies and pull out a parable and a truth from those because we know that you are worthy of this season, Lord, that we're focused on you. So I pray that you would anoint me today. Lord, bring things to my mind that I should say, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, in your name. Let me also thank you, those of you that are in life groups as you're getting ready for our Freedom Encounter. Also, you've got an email that we're bringing blankets and money for tents for people that are in need. So don't forget that because this is at Christmas season. We want to just really focus in on that. Well, this week we sent you a little question on the Father's House Facebook page. And I hope that all of you will go to the Father's House Facebook page and like it. And then when you see a question come up, that you'd respond to that. Because I understand that every time somebody responds, it just sends our viewership right on up and all the technical stuff that goes on. So all I know is they tell me to respond and I respond. And some days I get an A plus when I do that. So I'd like for you to join us. But this week I I asked the question, I had Lisa ask the question, what is your favorite Christmas music? Well, I noticed that Lisa and and, uh, Jamie and Cindy and several others said, A Wonderful Life. How many of you like that movie? All right. Okay, great. And then I noticed that Dorothy said A Christmas Carol. How, How many like The Christmas Carol? Um, yeah, all right, there we go. And uh, Andrea said, Home Alone. Uh, how, you like that, Home Alone? All right. Home Alone, one, two, three, four, five, or six. Which is it? All right. By the way, I saw that they're letting you stay uh, in the house. You can rent the house on Airbnb, Airbnb, whatever that is. And uh, so that'd be a hoot for some of you right there, okay? Uh, Ted said, A Christmas Carol. Uh, Tanya, the, the uh, tornado, said the Grinch. How many of you like the Grinch? All right. Okay, yeah, there. Uh, Matt said Christmas vacation. Uh, Linda said white Christmas. Uh, R- Ralph said miracle on 34th Street that we'll look at today. And Tim always responds with die hard. Is it really a Christmas movie or what? <laughs> and the day after Christmas, he's going to talk about that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so here's your homework. 
We're going to be looking, you saw as you came in today, the, the posters that are on the wall. And by the way, I hope you come early every week during this time, every Sunday, five minutes early, we're going to do the trivia. I did really good Wednesday night, but today I didn't do so good. I, I told Simone I wasn't copying after her paper because she did worse than me. But uh, anyway, uh, come early so you can catch the trivia there, and that's a, a, that's a good place. Grab some popcorn, and who knows, maybe one day we'll have uh, donuts, maybe we'll have whatever, so you just, you don't. You, you don't want to miss. One Sunday, we might give away something, so you don't want to do that. So anyway, today we're going to look at the miracle on 34th Street, so your assignment is to be sure you go watch that at home, all right? The black and white, watch that one. The Grinch, that's next week. Uh, make sure you take a look at that one. I like the Jim Carrey edition. I think that, that it's really good. And then on our Christmas service Sunday, Christmas sweater Sunday also, it's going to be It's a Wonderful Life. So that's going to be a great one. And then on Christmas Eve, Jimmy and I are going to team teach on the Polar Express. That's going to be a great time. Our kids will be up singing, and then Tim's going to tie it all together with Die Hard. Uh, is it really a Christmas movie? So we'll look at that. And I think we'll learn some principles from each of those, but I want you to do the homework of watching those movies. And uh, also, if you'll notice that in your notes, we don't have fill-ins. Because during this season, I want you to just enjoy the feeling of what God may say to you. Take notes. But I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in these teachings? All right? So today, we want to talk about the miracle on 34th Street. So how many of you, honestly, the black and white edition, have never seen this movie? Wow. Oh. Oh. I don't think you're going to heaven. Just kidding. I'd really like for you to see it. It originated in 1947. It's a story between Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day. It actually won three Academy Awards in its time, and it's now in the Library of Congress as one of the films that's preserved for historical significance. Wow. But the whole event of the movie centers around the question, is Chris Kringle really who he says he is? Well, you know... That's, that's neither here nor in there, as far as we are, except watching the movie. But the question we have to deal with out of that is, Jesus, is Jesus who he says he is? Who is Jesus? Who is he? So that would be the question I would ask. Number one, if you're taking notes, I would just simply write that down. Who is he really? Who is he really? The movie challenges the viewers to question, is Chris really Santa Claus? But in the world today, we have to come to grips with who is he in our life? Is he just a great teacher, a great prophet? Is he a great historian? Or is he the savior of the world? The angels declared that. And look at Luke chapter 2 with me today. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, in this particular place in society, the sheep were kept outside only during March to December. Only during March to December. So Jesus' birth was sometime between March and December. People say, well, how did we come about uh, uh, December 25. We came across December 25 because in AD 354, the church in Rome declared we're going to worship the birth of the Savior on December 25th. But it could have been anywhere in, from March to December. But that's irrelevant. Every day to me is Christmas, right? I mean, when the question was, when do you start listening to Christmas music? Tim and I never stop. 
I, I mean, we're just like kids at heart, and, and we love that. We just, you join us? All right, we just never stop. Let's look at the rest of this. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, read with me out loud, will you? Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Read it again. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a, a what? Savior. A what? Savior. Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And he goes on and says, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, read it with me with some gusto, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them that the shepherds said to one another, let's go now to Bethlehem and see this thing. Let's see if this really is. All right, they heard a story, but now they're going to see if it's really. That's where a lot of people are in America, I think. You've heard the story of Jesus. You've heard the story that he's come as a Savior, as a Messiah. But the question is, do you really know him that way? Do you know him as your Savior? And it came to pass, and it came, they came in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they were widely known. Which, and they made widely known which was saying about the Christ child. And all those who heard it marveled, and they told the shepherds, and verse 20, then the shepherds returned glorifying God and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to send it, see it for your life. So this is the birth announcement of the Christ. So through the Old Testament, it's been prophesied, prophesied, prophesied up to this time. So who is he really? Well, if you're taking notes, I would say this. He is who he claims to be. He is who he claims to be. Do you believe that this morning? Now, in the movie, it's uh, Macy's Department Stores putting on the Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City. And uh, the Mrs. Walker, Doris Walker, is in charge of the parade. And the Christmas Santa that she hired is drunk, drunker than a skunk. And uh, so it's reported, Chris reports him, and so now she fires him, and she says to Chris, wow, you look like Santa Claus, so would you play the part? Of course he would play the part, right? He did such a good job that Mr. Macy and the executives hire him, and he becomes the greatest Santa Claus that they've ever had, you know, so many different stories that is there. But in the midst of all of that, they become a little concerned that he really thinks he is Santa Claus, because he's determined that the rampant commercialization of the commercialism of Christmas around him needed to be stopped. And he said this, Christmas is not just a day, it's a frame of mind. So Doris is getting a little concerned because her daughter uh, loves Chris and she wants to set her daughter straight, you know, that he's really not who he says he is. What, what's this clip? What I'm trying to explain to you is, come in. You said you wanted to see me, Mrs. Walker. Come right in. Hello there. Good to see you again. It's nice to see you. You're awfully lucky, Mrs. Walker. Lovely little girl you have here. Thank you. And Susan's the reason I asked you to drop down. She's a little confused, and I thought maybe you could help to straighten her out. I'd be glad to. Would you please tell her that you're not really Santa Claus? That there actually is no such person? Well, I'm sorry to disagree with you, Mrs. Walker, but not only is there such a person, but here I am to prove it. <laughs> no, no, no. You misunderstand. I want you to tell her the truth. Uh, what's your name? Chris Kringle. I'll bet you're in the first grade. <laughs> Second. 
I mean your real name. That is my real name. Second grade? It's a progressive school. Oh, it's a progressive school. May I have this gentleman's employment card, please? Yes, Mrs. Walker. This dress is very cute. Where did you get such a lovely outfit? Here at Macy's. We get 10% off. Please don't feel that you have to keep pretending for Susan's benefit. She's a very intelligent child and always wants to know the absolute truth. Good, because I always tell the absolute truth. <laughs> now, about your school, what's the name of your teacher? Mrs. Haney. Mrs. Haney. Here it is, Mrs. Walker. Thank you. What else do you do besides read and play games? We have rest period. One half hour. I don't suppose you care for that. No. We're not allowed to talk or anything. Tuesday, Chester Richards, he kept talking all the time. So Chris says, this is who I am. And so they began to think he's a little loony. And so they sent him to the uh, company's psychologist, who's really a counselor. And they get in a, a ruckus and all of that. And, and people begin, he, he gets tired of trying to prove he is who he is. So they send him away to Bellevue Mental Hospital, where he intentionally and deliberately fails the medical exam. Because he's tired of trying to prove who he really is. Have you ever had to try to prove who you are to someone and they don't believe that? Or you ever had to try to prove your intentions to someone and they didn't really believe that? Can you imagine Jesus as he walks among the earth? Because people say, well, I remember you. You were born over here and, and that, and, and you grew up among that. But, but now he comes along and he says, let me tell you who I really am. Listen to these verses. John eleven twenty five through 26. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now, we read that by looking through the lens that we know who he is. But think about what if you lived during that time. And here is Jesus. I mean, he doesn't look like a superhero. He doesn't look like an angel. He looks like you. He's a man that's walking. And he says to this woman, listen, if you believe in me, you'll never die. Whoa, I've never heard such things. Is he who he says he is? Listen to this one, John 10. The Jews surrounded him and said, how long are you going to keep us in doubt? If you really are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I told you and you don't believe. In other words, you want to send me to Bellevue, Bellevue Mental Hospital, don't you? And the works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. And then they took up stones again to stone him. He's not claiming to just be a good teacher. He's not claiming to just be a rabbi. He says, I am the Messiah. I am the perfect Savior of the world. He, he's, and they're doubting his identity, and that's the whole thing, that he's saying, I am who I say I am. We all have to answer that question. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now imagine this. Imagine if Thurman, a great school counselor, goes to school tomorrow or after the holidays, and he walks down the hall of the, of the school, and he says, Hello, I'm God. I'm your only way to salvation. Your opinion would be no different than the people who lived during Jesus' time. How could a man declare that he was God? How could a man say, I am the only way to get to God. I am. Now, wouldn't you think that, well, 
I just I wonder if he's all there. Because you see, it's not that you understand Jesus through the intellect. You understand Jesus through the heart and through the Holy Spirit drawing. Now, you don't bypass the brain. you got to know Scripture and know who he is. But I'm saying today, uh, people can come to church all their life, and they just believe it's a good thing to come to church, but they've never had an encounter with Jesus the Messiah because they have a tough time believing there's only one way to get to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. People say, yeah, but what if a person lives a good life? Well, if a person just lived a good life and got to go to heaven, then Jesus came and died in vain. And I don't believe God makes mistakes. How about you? You have to answer the question, who is he? Jesus came to the area of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, said, who do men say that I am? Some say, well, you look like and act like John the Baptist, some Elijah, and some Jeremiah. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? And man, that's a question for you today. Who do you say that he is? I tell you, I believe Jesus is who he says he is. Second of all, I believe that the authority says that he is. He is who the authority says he is. Um, Doris now has lost Chris Kringle. He's now in uh, the hospital. Her friend, Fred, who Sue calls Uncle Fred, so I want to be sure I clarify that because later on there's a piece and you think, woo, a little. Anyway, so here we go. I almost said something I should have not, I, sh- I would have regretted to say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for stopping me right there. Thank you, Andrea, for reminding me to stop there. Thank you, right there. So Fred arranges a formal hearing with the judge because he has to do that. So in the court trial, they bring up uh, Chris and they ask him, who are you? I'm Chris Kringle. Uh, now you can't lie. I'm Chris Kringle. That's who I am. I, I am. And so then they bring up all these witnesses. Well, do you think he really is? Yeah, I think he is. So the the whole bottom line of the story is the judge says, yeah, but we can't go just on opinion. We can't just go on feelings. And we can't just go on what Chris says. There needs to be some legitimate proof that he is who he is. There needs to be a higher power that brings authority and says that he is. Well, little Susie wanted to write a letter of encouragement to him. So she writes a letter of encouragement in care of the courthouse. And then Fred has an idea that comes to him through the post department. Watch this clip. I understand the post office receives thousands of these letters every year. I have further exhibits, Your Honor, but I hesitate to produce them. Oh, I'm sure we'll be very happy to see them. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, Produce them, Mr. Gailey. Uh, Put them here on my desk. But, Your Honor, Put them here on the desk. Put them. Yes, Your
Your Honor, every one of these letters is addressed to Santa Claus. The post office has delivered them. Therefore, the post office department, a branch of the federal government, recognizes this man, Chris Kringle, to be the one and only Santa Claus. Uh, since the United States government declares this man to be Santa Claus, this court will not dispute it. Case dismissed. Higher power declares he is who he is, not just what he says. Do you realize that in this Bible, there are over 200 prophecies that were fulfilled by Jesus, by his birth, life, death, and resurrection. Over 200 prophecies. A mathematical genius who works at Westmont College in the Department of Mathematics in his book Science Speaks, which is a great book. He says the mathematical probability of one person in the first century fulfilling just eight of those prophecies would be this. One in 10 to the 17th power. Just eight. So that means that's a one with 17 zeros after it. Yet Jesus fulfilled 200. He is who he says he is because this book lays out the prophecies. And then he goes on and he says, if a man would fulfill 50 of the 200, it would be one to the power of 170, 157. So that's a one with 157 zeros after it. So calculate that, the improbability. And yet Jesus fulfilled every one of those. You say, well, but that, that's just in the Bible. Another uh, uh, professor, Gary uh, Habermos, who wrote the historical Jesus, evid ancient evidence for the life of Christ, he's found there, there are 39 sources who agree to over 100 facts about the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. I'm telling you, he is who he says he is. He is the one who fulfilled the prophecies in this Bible. I wish we had time to look at those over 200 that he completely on his own. You see, and he had no, he had no say in where he was going to be born. He had no say that he was going down to Egypt. The prophecies lay out how that he was crucified on a cross and humiliated, how that water and blood came from his side, a prophecy. Roman soldiers who were experts at killing him declared that he was dead he was put in a tomb the stone was rolled in front of that tomb and on the third day when the women came that stone was rolled away and he was not there he was risen but not only that he walked among the people for several days and over a hundred people gave eye evidence he is Jesus the one who was killed and the one who has lived I'm telling you this book says he is who he says he is let's give him praise this morning amen that's why it's so important for us to invite people to church during this Christmas season
The invite cards that we gave you out a couple of weeks ago. When you go out today, you can get some more. Inviting people to Christmas. Yesterday we were, uh, we were in Orlando uh, for our staff party, and then I had to pick up something for Rick Godwin and send to him. He wanted us to get, and I met the manager of the store, and I, and I asked her, I said, so are you the manager? Yes, I'm the manager. And uh, how long have you been here? been five years. Do you have a home church? No, I've been here five years, moved down from uh, North Carolina, don't, don't have a home church, been looking. I'm thinking, you've been looking for five years? I don't think you've been looking, right? So I said to her, well, we pastor a church up in Leesburg. She said, how far is that? I said, well, from here, you can be there in 50, 50 minutes. I said, it's a great place. Would love you to come. She said, oh, I think I will. But I've been looking for her. But you see, I don't know if she'll come. I realized where she lived, and I said, oh, well, let me recommend to you the City of Life, which is in St. Cloud. We used to be there. We, was, we, were, we were part of the pastoral team there. And I said, that's only 20 minutes for you, so that probably you'd be closer there. But you see, the card gave me an opportunity to open the door for her. So use these cards. And on the back, be sure if you've never been to the website on the back of, of the answers of uh, truelife.com. Do those. It helps us. Don't neglect inviting somebody to these services. They're going to be an awesome, and this, this see, I mean, what fun. We're going to watch movie clips, get popcorn. One morning, I think we're having donut holes. We're going to have coffee, hot, hot cider. Who knows? We might give away free things. You, you never know. But invite people. It's going to be a great time. Can you say, here you say, amen. Also, he does what he says. Susan starts off believing that, starts off not believing that Chris is real, but through the movies, she starts believing. And then he asks her this question What would you like for Christmas? What's her answer? There must be something you want for Christmas, something you haven't even told your mother about, eh? Oh, come on now. Why don't you give me a chance? That's what I want for Christmas. You mean a doll's house like this? No, a real house. <laughs> if you're really Santa Claus, you can get it for me. And if you can't, you're only a nice man with a white beard, like Mother said. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Susie. Just because every child can't get his wish, that doesn't mean there isn't a Santa Claus. That's what I thought you'd say. No, but don't you see, dear? Some children wish for things they couldn't possibly use, like real locomotives or B-29s. But this isn't like a locomotive or a B-29. It's awful big for a little girl like you. What could you possibly do with a house like this? Live in it with my mother. But you've got this lovely apartment. I don't think it's lovely. I want a backyard with a great big tree to put a swing on and... I guess you can't get it, huh? I didn't say that. those of you that are sitting here today and some of you that are watching online there's some things in your heart that you've been asking God for for a long time we're not talking about frivolous things I mean the Lord, Lord doesn't just answer every prayer that we have but 
Some of you really been wanting deliverance. You've been wanting a fresh start, a new beginning. And you wonder, yeah, I, I know he can do that for others, but maybe not for me, because if only you know the life I'm living, you would look down on me and, and, and you, you wouldn't love me. And we, and, we, and we look and we say, well, I believe Jesus is who he says he is. He's the Messiah. And I believe that, he, uh, th that the scriptures point out who he is. But I have a huff t up time believing that he can do for me what needs to be done. Look at the scriptures. John 2, 18. So the Jews answered and said, what sign will you show us that you, since you do uh, since you do these things. And he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. And the Jews said, it took us 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But he wasn't speaking of that temple. He was speaking of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said to them, and they believed the Scripture and the word which Jesus said. They believed the Scripture and they believed the word that Jesus said when they saw what he did. You see, every miracle in your life should never be kept a secret, but you should tell everybody of the miracle in your life so then they know they've heard the scripture, they believe what Jesus said, and then they look at your life and say, if God can deliver you, Tim, from the black mafia, if God can deliver you from drug addiction, if he can do that for you, and we like, oh, Pastor Tim's got it all together. No, he says, let me show you. Let me tell you my warts. Let me tell you my history. Let me show you the scars because you see the scars in your life are your testimonies because somebody says, oh, you scarred there. I have a scar just like that here. That's when they believed. It wasn't just what Jesus said. It wasn't just what the scripture said, but it it was when they saw with their own eyes a miracle of his resurrection and power. Oh, hallelujah. Mark 10 and 33, behold, we're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed by the chief priests and the scribes. They'll condemn him to death. They'll deliver him to the Gentiles. They'll mock him, scourge him, spit on him, and kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again. Matthew 28, 5 and 6, and the angel answered from the women, don't be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He isn't dead. He is risen. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. Wow. Sue's having a tough time because she asked for a house. Christmas comes and there's no house. And she's struggling like some of you that when you've been so disappointed, had so many setbacks in life, you say, you know, what I'm believing for is, is a really right thing to believe for. It's not selfish. And you're trying to say to yourself, believe, believe, believe. Uh, maybe this will make sense to you. Susie! 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 Susie, where are you? Susie! I'm scared! Huh? 
calm right down. You know you shouldn't run around in other people's houses. You know better than that. But this is my house, Mommy. Uh, uh, the one I asked Mr. Kringle for. It is, it is. I know it is. My room upstairs is just like I knew it would be. Oh, you were right, Mommy. Mommy told me if things don't turn out just the way you want them to the first time, you still got to believe. And I kept believing, and you were right, Mommy. Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus. Where are you going? To see if there's a swing. You told her that. <laughs> it's not her uncle. The sign outside said it's for sale. We can't let her down. I never really doubted you. It was just my silly common sense. It even makes sense to believe in me now. I must be a pretty good lawyer. I take a little old man and legally prove to the world that he's Santa Claus. Now you know that. <laughs> oh no, it can't be. It must have been left here by the people that moved out. Maybe. Maybe I didn't do such a wonderful thing after all. <laughs> What do you want for Christmas? Maybe you've been disappointed in the past and you feel like there's no real hope for you. <clears throat> or maybe you just say, you know, Terry, I, I know in here what I need, but I just have a real time vocalizing that or putting it in, in, into a way that, that, that makes sense. I, uh, I have a hard time because I, I know it here, and I know it here. But when it comes to me really saying to Jesus what I really would like to say and what I really need, I, I, I just feel like I don't have the words. I feel like he won't understand me because nobody else understands me. I'm not sure I understand myself. Well, I'm here to tell you this today that he speaks your language. He understands doubt. He understands fear. He understands just old-fashioned tears and sighing. Maybe this will help you understand how he speaks your language. Well, young lady, and what's your name? I'm sorry she doesn't speak English. She's Dutch. She just came over. She's been living in an orphan's home in Rotterdam ever since... We've adopted her. I told her you wouldn't be able to speak to her, but when she saw you in the parade yesterday, she said you were Santa Claus, and she calls you, and you could talk to her. Well, I didn't know what to do. Hello. Ik ben blij dat je gekomen bent. Oh, Ben Santa Claus. Ah, ja, zeker. Ik wist it, Belle. Ik was zeker dat u would zelf begrijpen. Natuurlijk. Zeg maar wat je zou willen hebben, Ben Santa Claus. Niks. Ik heb van alles. Ik wil alleen maar bij deze lieve dame zijn. <laughs> wil je maar door mee zingen? Sinterklaas kapoentje, geef het in mijn schoentje, geef het in mijn laarsje. 
Danke, Sinteklaasje, Sinteklaas Kapoensje, geef wat in mijn schoensje, geef wat in mijn laasje. Wow, oh, needs a Kleenex, right? That's where some of you need to be today. Not on Santa Claus's lap, but at the feet of Jesus. And bring your disappointments, your fears, your frustration, the lack of being able to say what you really want to say. The Miracle on 34th Street's a cute movie, but it has a fatal flaw. The premise is you have to take a blind leap of faith. But Christianity is not a blind leap of faith. Christian apologist Norm Geisler writes, God is not asking us to take a blind leap of faith into darkness. He's asking you to take a reasonable step of faith into the light. I wonder if this Christmas season that we, some of us, haven't become so familiar to the story that we have actually become desensitized. Some of you used to believe in Jesus with all of your heart, but you've heard educators debunk in their own way. And because you haven't looked at Christian apologetics, uh, just who will be able to help you, you've gone away and said, well, maybe there's other ways to get to heaven except through Jesus. Maybe it's Jesus and something else. You, you, you've lost the wonder of the Messiah. And maybe today is a day that you need to rededicate and take that step of faith into light. And maybe some of you sitting here today or watching online, you've gone to church all your life. But if I ask you, when was the time that you made a public decision that you were going to be a Christ follower and invited Christ into your life? You would say, well, I don't know. I've just sort of always believed that, that he was a good man. I've just always believed in the Bible. And you sat in church all of your life. But you've never sat down at the feet of Jesus and said, Jesus, I know it's not my good works, and it's not by attending to church that my sins are forgiven and eternity is mine, but it's by inviting you into my heart realizing you are who you say you are. You are who the scriptures say you are. And you are who you are because of what I've seen you do in other people's lives. So maybe this morning is your time, is your time. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? That in the whole scheme of things that God lays out years before the Messiah would ever come, this is how you will come. This is how you will know him. And that's there. And then he had it put in a book so we could read it. And along comes Jesus, fulfilling over 200 of those Old Testament prophecies. The possibility, it's beyond what we could ever imagine. Why? Because he is who he says he is. And he is the way. He came in this world. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for your sins and my sins. On the third day, 
He came back to life. He was resurrected. And you know where he sits right now? He sits at the Father's right hand. And when you pray this morning and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. God, forgive me of my sins. Jesus reminds God of the blood that he shed years ago that's still powerful enough today to cover all of your sins. And here's what happens today when you make that kind of decision with Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. Your future is settled for the new heaven and the new earth. And your purpose in life is made sure today. That's a deal you can't refuse. That's not a miracle on 34th Street. That's a miracle of where we are right here. Would you bow your heads this morning? Those of you that are watching online, would you do the same? Wow, I sense the Spirit of the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, Terry, I used to be really, really, just really tuned in with Jesus. I mean, man, I, and the Christmas season was just so great. And, but, you know, you're right. I have become desensitized by just life. And I've lost the awe of knowing him as the Messiah. And today I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. Or maybe you're here today and say, you know, Terry, I've, you, you got it right. I've gone to church all my life, but I don't ever remember a time in which I invited Christ into my heart and into my life. Jesus said, if you believe on me, he said, I'll forgive you of your sins. So today will be the day for you. What an awesome day. In just a minute, I'm going to ask if that's you, if you're rededicating your life to the Lord today or you're inviting Christ into your heart, that today would be the day that you would do that. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and make eye contact with me in just a minute. Don't worry about what somebody's going to say, what they'll think, and wonder, well, what? I thought they were already a believer. I, I thought everything was okay. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a time that you're sitting at his feet today. And you're speaking his language, and he understands you. He's going to give you joy. So if that's you today, and you say, yeah, I need to respond to this invitation, inviting Christ into my life or rededicating my life to him, would you raise your hand right where you are and make eye contact with me and say, that's me? Come on, don't worry about somebody else. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Others, there's three, four others today. Say, yes, that's me, that's me. Others that say, yeah, that's me. I want to do that. Those of you that are watching online, let's pray this prayer together with the four who raised their hand and maybe others that are online that some of you didn't raise your hand, but you want to pray that prayer with me today. Let's pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for my sins. Father God, I thank you for loving me and you gave me the greatest Christmas gift that I could ever receive. You gave me your son because you love me that much. I repent of my sins. I invite you to come into my life, Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Church, would you celebrate with me this morning with those who made that decision today? Come on. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.